The views and opinions expressed as part of this podcast in no way represent those held by American Football Ireland. As always, this podcast is just a bit of crack, lads, so please, no giving out. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Domestic Game Podcast. Uh, we are your hosts, Joe and I'm Kelly Dwyer. With that, we'll just get straight into it. Okay, so today's episode, we're focusing hugely on the youth side of things, which is something that we haven't covered before. I think it's long overdue because the young lads in our league are doing a fantastic job. They are the up and coming uh, talent. Um, I definitely, I know that a lot of the Wolfhound coaches are keeping an eye on the the youth leagues, looking at uh, who's coming up. And I'm sure there's a few players on the Wolfhounds as well that are looking at them and feeling a little bit like, oh, this is the the new generation of American footballers um, coming to kind of take their spots at some point, I'm sure. So to kind of cover one end of the country to the other, we have Alan Lomasny, who's already been on this podcast before. He's the head coach of the Cork Admirals Kitted team and also the Kitted Youth team. And then we have a new person to our podcast. We have uh, Niall Lyons. So uh, Niall, uh, head coach of the Vipers, please Introduce yourself, let us know how you got involved with football in general and then how you came to being the head coach of the youth team. Hey guys, I got involved with the Vipers now seven years ago when they first started up. I heard them uh, putting out for tryouts on a radio station just by luck. I was a delivery driver at the time and I couldn't get any other radio station and I managed driving up a country road and I flicked over to Donegal Highland Radio and heard about the Donegal Dairy Vipers doing a tryout. So away I went and it was a great turnout the first day and this is sort of, I got sucked in and I'm here since, got involved in the committee for a few years and sort of stepped down for the committee and, and realised, you know, if we're to keep the team going, we need to have a, a new stock of a, a young bucks coming in. So I uh, decided to strike out and start up the, the youth team. So we're about, this is about our third year now, the first year. We started it up, of course, and COVID arrived, so that put the spanner in it. And then the second year, there we we almost got all the way to the first blitz, and then it cancelled. Yeah. And then now this is our first or proper fall season from start to finish. There we had this year, and we're getting stronger than ever. It's been fantastic, and the boys are really enjoying it. We've had one boy graduate up to the senior team uh, we have a relatively young team up here at the moment but a couple of boys coming up next year and they're all fully bought in really enjoying it and I enjoy it myself it's hard to beat to look forward to it every year yeah I think it's I think it's just brilliant and then Alan as I said we've had you on before and, and you've told us a little bit about your history um, but what specifically I suppose got you interested in starting the youth team and becoming um, head coach of the youth team for the Admirals I suppose we started back in 2017 with the youths originally. Um, uh, we had way, way back in 2008, there was a DVH team, which wasn't technically youths. It was more for, it was more for rookies and getting them into playing football. So then I think, you know, the youth thing kind of really took off there in the mid, mid-2010s. And um, as I said, we got into 2017. The way we look at it is that, you know, if you want to essentially grow the club and to bringing in new guys, you really, you need to start with the U team and get them playing. 
the difference between a guy that comes in off the street to play football who, you know, maybe hasn't has watched football but has never played it versus a you one of the youth players after they've played a year or even, you know, if if you're lucky enough to have them for two or three years, it's a huge difference when they get into the senior squad. Huge yeah. difference what they know and um how they interact with the team as well. It's it's hugely different. So you know, we've been very lucky. We we getting we get an average of was, you know, depending on the year, three to six lads every year joining the from the youth to the seniors. And a lot we we've quite a few starters on our senior team now have come from the youth team. So uh, I suppose it was just a natural thing then because of the fact that I was head coach of the senior squad. I just I was got involved with the youth and um just kinda rolled on from that. So we do the senior season, then we start the youth season, we finish the youth season, step back to senior season. So yeah, it's all go and it's all. Not at all, yeah, 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 yeah. Joe, have you a question? I'll let you. I'll give you the space to ask. Yeah, well, you kind of hit on it there, Alan. Um, just on the fact that you've got so many new starters now coming in from the youth team. Like you look around the league and you look at obviously yourselves and you look at the Rebels with their you know new guys in this year from their wide receiver core and their D backs. I've kind of said uh, from ourselves, like from a kind of uh, internal perspective here now for the Minotaurs like a lot of our starters came up from our, our youth system it seems to be the way moving forward to really develop and, and grow a successful program across all three phases of the sport for kid, for senior kid and for youth and for flag just for yourselves specifically I suppose what was your kind of your process of recruiting for new players just to give maybe teams that are thinking of setting up their own youth program or maybe teams who already have their youth program established but maybe looking to broaden their their recruitment their recruitment process we approach in a very in a few different ways before covid there i actually used to go into uh, a few schools around cork that we had we had approached them in their for transition year and we taught them essentially non-kitted football in the transition year and we had depending on how many were in the transition year you were either in there for one two or three terms whatever and we got some guys out from that followed through then to come in to try out for the for the U team, when we had when they had got an interest from from it, after that we advertised on the radio, obviously social media. But a lot of it, to be quite honest, is is the lads and their school friends. One guy will come down, he might play for a season, and next thing the following year, look, we've been obviously very lucky that we've been able to win it there the last few years. So obviously, you know, everyone wants to play when there's a chance of winning something. So we've had one or two lads now that have gone back after winning a championship, and next thing. A few of their friends have decided, okay, I want to get involved in this. So, as I said, there's a lot of different directions they come from, but I think word of mouth is huge. Uh, there's a lot of interest in, in, in NFL, especially with the younger kids from anything from 12, kind of on. It's what we kind of see from the inquiries we get. And they're just eager to play football. I think there's also, it's different. It's not rugby. It's not GA. And... I think the draw as well of, you know, winning a national championship. There's not too many sports, I suppose, in Ireland that you can get in easily enough, get into, and then have an opportunity to play for a national title in a very short period of time. Whereas, obviously, if you're playing the likes of rugby and GA, there's county-based and there's province-based. So it, it is certainly a nice draw. I mean, you know, to be able to say, look, I have a, an Irish championship there for playing youth football. It's, it's, it's pretty cool for a lot of the young lads, I suppose. It's about a, a bragging rights there. Absolutely. So, you know, I think that would be our main way of doing it. Anyway. 
I except what they say, say the same. Alan actually gave us a bit of advice there. Are we were to go in one of them startup meetings of how they get on and got all the recruitment and we've talked it on. We're going to see about trying to get under maybe some schools, you know, and do about a flag football with them and get that interest because we were asked to do things by a couple of teachers a few years ago, you know, and but we didn't really have the youth team at that time, you know, to come in and sometimes like they used to do the transition down year down there when they're doing DCSEs up here, they you know, they might not have anything scheduled on for PE. So they asked us to come in and do something, you know, and volunteering. So that's definitely a way to get it. And even Alan saying like newspapers and stuff, and there's not very many young people left on Facebook, but if you can get their parents or their uncles or their aunties to see it, you know, they'll be like, Oh, I know. We Jimmy, he loves American football. He'd be onto that. But a lot harder to get them, you know, they're all on TikTok and Snapchat now. It's a lot harder to advertise and pull them in. So word of mouth is uh, definitely important and getting them. And like Alan says, once you get one of them and, and they buy in, then they're they're talking to all their friends. And once you get one, you know, they bring their next friend and their next friend that starts to gain a wee bit of momentum. We're starting to get that now in our team. It's, it's starting to, to build it up. It's great. Like they're really, and, and one thing is when you get them out, like, how to do about a training aisle. I always like to get the pads and helmets on them first session, even if they're mm. just get them hitting bags and stuff and get them. They want to feel like an American footballer. I know the first time I went to training, I wanted to get the pads and the helmet on me straight away. So I can only assume that they're the same. And once they get that feeling mm. of hitting something and, and, and being that guy that they see in their the clips or their YouTube videos or, or on the matches, then that, that's, that's you get the hooks on them then and that's how you have them. Yeah, and actually I was going to ask you about this and I think now is a good time as any because you have mentioned you know the draw or the buy-in Alan you mentioned that a lot of these youth lads these young lads are you know coming to training thinking about a national championship like you said Niall some of them are they're putting on the the helmets and the pads they're feeling like American footballs you know what is the attitude of the players like I mean are they as competitive as our adult players is there any difficulty in getting them to see uh, or getting them to commit to the team, or are they? Is it literally that they buy in just as hard as as the older players do? I have had no experience with try having to need to convince them anyway. Once they get going, they're, they're mad on it. It wouldn't be, I would say, as competitive. It, well, it's sorry, I'll not say that. It's definitely as competitive. They're out there trying as hard, but uh, you know there wouldn't be many as big a rivalries maybe between the seniors because they talk and have a bit of crack together, and they were at them share the knowledge. Camps where they got to meet each other, you know, there's a, a good sense of community between the lads where uh, you know, might not be there on the on the senior football, but I, they're 100% competitive and bought on. I, I don't have to do any convincing, honestly, and I don't think Alan has to do with his boys either, I would say. No, I'm um, sorry now. I must admit, when if you were to ask me which is more competitive, <laughs> sometimes the youths are way more competitive. Um <laughs> These guys come to training and it's all go, go, go. There's no messing. Like what we see with them is they they want to play football. They have an interest in the sport, obviously, because they, they get involved in the first place. And then they absorb, they're like sponges. They just absorb all the information you draw them. Uh, they'll watch tape. They'll study playbooks. We've never had an issue with any young fella that came down that's no, you'll always get one or two that, you know, might try for a week or two and then decide it's not for them. But anyone that stays and buys into it, it's questions, 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 questions. Yeah. Can we train more? Can we do more sessions? Can we do more? This it's it's fantastic. It's actually way more fun coaching the youths than it is coaching the seniors. <laughs> <laughs> um they're brilliant. They really are brilliant. I find just going back to the previous question, I think one other thing actually I think is very important. 
part of the buy-in thing is, and it's something we make a big point of every year, is when they come down first, talk to the parents, whether that's through in person or, or on the phone. Yeah. Communicate with the parents, explain what we're doing, what we want to do, what we're aiming to achieve, and what way we're going to look after them. Yes. On the field and off the field for traveling and everything. And I think that once the parents are happy as well, that that you know they're in a system and a club that knows what they're doing and that they're safe. There's a lot more interaction then from the, the parent side as well, whether that is helping out or transport or whatever. So that's just one thing I forgot to mention. But definitely there's one other thing I actually think, which is, and, and I'll mention it there, the camaraderie that the U teams have with each other is fantastic. You don't see it at the senior level to the same extent. These are young fellas that they go play a game and game over and they're all yapping and chatting its way to each other and it's actually fantastic. Not this year but the year before there was actually something that was fantastic happened that at the end of the, the final day all the teams got together and all the coaches kind of stepped aside and all the lads there was, I know, there was 60 or 70 guys there and they just mm-hmm. spent 20 minutes, half an hour, jumping in between different teams, talking to each other. And then a big photograph at the end. I, it was, do you know what? It was a fantastic advertisement for the league. It was a fantastic thing for the youth league. It was fantastic to show that it's a sport at the end of the day as well as everything else. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's absolutely class. I love that. I love yeah, it that. Was, it, was, yeah. it was fantastic to see it, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, yeah. really, really thought it was, um, it was, it wasn't planned. It just kind of happened, and it was just something else. All the coaches were just looking at it, going, "Listen, this is <laughs> this is why we do this. Like it's that, yeah. that yeah. camaraderie they have together, and um, like that. Then, as these guys progress into senior football, that's fantastic because now that camaraderie is going to spread even more as they get older and they get into the senior squad, and that all boards well then for a fantastic uh, integration into the international squad. Yep. You know, it's it's because no guys know each other. They're, they're buddies with each other as they work their way up through the system. And now you're playing international and fellas know a bit more about each other and it makes everyone's life easier. Yeah, I agree. And actually, it's it's very in alignment with where American football the in Ireland, like the community is going. It's like I, I, things like the actual establishment of the Wolfhounds team, stuff like that has really encouraged, you know, at the, the senior kid at level, the guys to become closer and to become friends and to make, you know, friends on, on other teams and stuff Absolutely. like this. And that that's happening at the youth level very naturally as well is really fantastic. It's really great, you know, and uh, I mean, it's a credit to the to ye and the and the lads as well for, you know, having that type of attitude when you go out. I can imagine that when they're out there playing on the pitch, there's very little chat and all, it's all football. And then it's lovely that afterwards it's it's all friends at the end. Yeah, of it. it is. Yeah, And I think it's how, how probably some of that came about is that over the past few years, you know, some teams have arrived and they may not have a huge squad and the coaches have to talk to each other. Like I know we played a game there where the Knights and the Vipers joined together because they were both short of a few bodies and we played the combined team there. So those two squads then got a chance to see what what was going on with the other team and, and again gel together, which I must admit I thought I thought it was a great idea. Another uh, game, they think there was someone that was short of a few bodies. So a couple of our players joined that team 
Yeah. And we played the game. So, you know what I mean? I think so. Yeah. You know, it was again a couple of years ago. So, I think that has contributed to to how they well they get on as well because they kind of knew each other from do, joining in and doing the bits and pieces like that as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we joined up with the, the Knights last year. At the end of the, it was the final day. We were short a couple of players, and they were short. And they jumped on and uh, they done our defense or their offense for a couple of downs and swapped their quarterback on and our quarterback on, and they were having a great time. Yeah, yeah. it was a great game actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was very good. That's brilliant, Joe. I'll, I'll let you ask one there. Yeah, with that kind of collaboration, like we've already seen it between teams. Obviously, you mentioned it there yourselves. And then the quality of some players, like we're aware of some players, like obviously yourself, Niall, you've got like Dylan Coyle on that team. We're very familiar with him and uh, mm-hmm. quarterback Jack McGowan. On your side, then, Alan, you know, you've got guys like Tygo Connor, who uh, am I right in saying he won your offensive player in the year this year for the Utes? He was the, was he was the, offense, he was the offensive player, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and the, oh, the D-tackle, what's his name, Murphy? The John or Jack, Jack Murphy? Jason. Jason. Jason Murphy. Nearly, yeah. Sorry, Jason. Nearly yeah. got there. Yeah. Um, yeah you're right. Do you think, right, yeah. and then obviously there, there's quality players from um, other teams around the country as well. Do you think a an under 20s Wolfhounds team is feasible for within the next year or two? Obviously, it's been a while since we've seen, uh, you know, an under 20s fixture um, from the Wolfhounds. Uh, I'm sure that's something you're probably pushing in the background. Do you think with the, between obviously the quality of lads that we have mentioned there before and then what you guys are saying about how often teams are kind of seeing each other and playing with each other as, as opposed to just against each other and obviously there's a good um, camaraderie there. Do you think a, a Wolfhounds team would be competitive if an under-20s fixture was announced? I think it could be, certainly, yeah. There's definitely fantastic talent in the league between all the teams. Well, there was obviously there was five teams played this year, but look, there's definitely enough talent to, to do something like that. I suppose the only thing you'd have to see is, is just the frequency of training to get them up to a level where they would play an international game. Because I suppose it's one thing that I would like to see in the youth side improve is we only play in September, October. It's a very short season for them. And then there's kind of nothing happening for eight months or whatever. Again, you know, so it's a long time to be off. So if you could put in some sort of system where you could get the guys regularly together even once a month, have a training session. What you know what I mean? Like, like obviously I haven't looked into it, but something where they're not apart for a long time, I think if you you could make a very decent team with them actually. Yeah. Uh there's plenty, plenty of talent, I think, around the country. They they make a team out of it, but Alan says it's probably the logistics of it. But I'm sure that could be sorted if somebody went and put their mind to it. But I uh, no doubt there could be a, a team fielded, I think. Um, and like Alan says, haven't shown them between the years because when we're finished up for the season, the boys are asking me when we're coming back, and I'm like, Well, <laughs> I've bad news, just maybe not for another 68 yeah. months, boys. Like, <laughs> yeah, but and, and that, that's simply that's not on purpose, that's simply because no. a lot of the, the coaches involved in the youths are obviously involved either coaching or playing with the seniors. So, mm-hmm. obviously, with the senior season, it's very difficult to run the two of them together, yeah, of course. So, I said, it's not true that we want to not have the youth training for a while. It's just that logistically it's difficult. Yeah, I get you. The, you mentioned, Alan, earlier, you said that the difference between a player, let's say a rookie coming into a senior team just off the streets with no experience and 
a player coming in from the youth system is very different. And then as well, now you also said that you had one player already graduate into your your senior team. Back to the Admirals again. I mean, I know, I think it was uh, Owen Chandler, one year defensive player for the Admirals senior team. And I think he came up through the youth system. Joe, yourself, I mean, I keep forgetting you came up through the youth system and you can, there was a few E from the, the Minotaurs that did. Yeah. And you're kind of really doing fantastically in, in the Minotaurs, especially this year, having won your title. But I mean, the question then is, you know, if you could describe the difference or maybe the what you find the biggest difference to be. And the reason why I ask this question is because I think that that's a huge draw for any other clubs that maybe don't currently have a youth system that are thinking about it. Like, how good is it to support the senior team, like really, where would you say the biggest difference between a youth player coming into a senior team versus a player without experience coming into the senior team is? I think knowledge is, is probably the main thing. He's gone through schemes. He's gone through positional skills. He's got game time, which obviously is, is not a huge part of it. But he comes into the senior squad then and he already knows, even though the youths play eights as opposed to 11s, he's already got a good grasp of offense, defense, and more than likely in the youth, he's played various positions as well. So he also has experience on offense and probably defense. So not like everyone that comes in, you, you learn a position, but to have knowledge from both sides of the ball, not everyone has. Yeah. And then he's looking at, you know, so even take, go back to Owen there now as an example. So Owen played linebacker for us for the youths, and he also played quarterback for the, for the youths. Right. So he knows what it takes to beat a defense. He knows what it takes to beat an offense from each side. So he then comes into the senior squad. Obviously, there's a bit of a you know a jump with the extra couple of people or the extra three on the side that he didn't have when he played eight. And um, then he starts picking it up. And like Owen, obviously, he's a great athlete anyway and a very intelligent guy. But the way he integrated with the team that was there already because the rest of the lads say, oh, hold on, this, this, he's a rookie, but this lad knows what he's doing. And then he's not just a raw rookie, whereas a guy can come in off the street. He could be a fantastic athlete, but unless he's a huge, huge fan of watching football, he's not going to know the ins and outs. And even after watching football, it's still completely different when you put the helmet on and you're standing there and there's fellas looking at you or trying to hit you and next thing you're going, okay, wow. I have a bit of learning to do here. So <laughs> it's... They, the, the they know knowledge. how the game flows and, yeah, and how, do, yeah. how it might get reft and they might know the rules before they get on there, but that'll never get seen or that'll never get called and you just have to fight through it and you have to battle or, you know, you can do this over here and you can do that. You know, they just know how they uh, hold themselves out there in the field, whereas somebody would be fresh out, like Anne said, might be a fantastic athlete, but they're lost out there once it starts going, but the youth know what they're at. They've been on both sides of the ball. And they just have that then we extra training years that make such a difference when they're coming and when they're coming on the senior team too they're they're still young and fresh and they have plenty they to give going forward you know what i mean yeah and they have all that we that we that we head start and they're challenging for positions when they come on too which is a great checkup for the seniors <laughs> i bet it is yeah i bet it is joe i'll ask you a question you know what did you think that your strengths were coming into a senior team having played on a youth team well, again, it's like the lad said, like you play a lot of the times you're playing offense and defense. So you're learning a lot about the game from different kind of viewpoints. And by the time you come into the squad, you have maybe two or three years worth of playing experience. 
And, you know, you're not even coming into your prime athletically. So by the time you spend, again, you have, you have another year, maybe another year or two coming into the senior season or into the senior setup where, you know, you'll see playing time and you could be starting or you could be kind of a rotation piece, but you're learning that experience and really applying yourself then. So by the time you're 20 years old, you're coming in and you're at a starting, starting quality player and you still have all your playing years ahead of you and you have five years experience playing. It really makes for a competitive atmosphere in the team because when you have guys coming in and they're 18, 19, 20 and they have five years playing experience and they're really athletic and they're real quick and they're really good on their feet, it makes everybody else around the senior team look and say, okay, well, I've got to match that or I'm going to lose my place. And I think it's like the lad said, you know, it, it really builds everybody up when you have fresh young players coming in who already have experience playing as opposed to, you know, lads in different age groups coming in fresh. And that's not to discourage that. You should join a team, obviously, if you're interested in playing, no matter what age you are. But when you have really young lads coming in and they already have experience playing, it's going to make everybody else play better because at the end of the day, you're, you're joining the club because you want to play football. You're not joining the club to be on the bench. Yep. So everybody's coming in looking at these younger players coming and saying, well, look, you know, I've got to compete with this now. So it really builds competitiveness within a team. And then that translates to competitiveness on the field as well. So, I mean, I think it shows the, the results from, again, like the likes of Cork and, 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 and Dublin the Vipers, obviously, have gotten really competitive over the last couple of years. We've grown as a club. I mean, you look at us five years ago, probably not five years ago, it's probably 2016, 2015, just as our youth sort of system was starting. I think we won two or three games in two years. And then 2017, 2018, we got into playoff berths. 2019, got to our, our Division One final. And then uh, last year, obviously, we won, won the thing. So I think the results show, no matter what club you're looking at, the results show that if you have a youth set up and you have these new lads coming in, it makes it a more competitive program in the long run. Yep, absolutely. I'll let you and the, the thing yep. is, it's not a huge ordeal to try and set up the youth thing yes you need a few bodies coaching wise to do it and yeah. obviously you need your, your guard of vetting sorted and your child protection stuff but you don't need 10 or 20 people to set it up yeah. you know we have four coaches including myself and the youth for the last since I, I think it was about 2018 and it's the same four we literally do everything from, you know, organizing the on-the-field stuff to off-the-field buses and everything like that. So, you know, once you put your mind to starting and get down to it, it's not a huge obstacle to get past. No, we we better work at the start to get all your ducks to roll, like Alan says, your your vetting and your safeguarding and all that. But once that's out of the way and you get yourself a couple of good coaches, you can roll on year after year as long as you top up your admin. And, and it's not a massive amount of work, but what you get back from it, is well worth it. Yeah. And actually, I'm delighted that you, you brought that up because definitely a question that I was going to get you to answer is, you know, the what type of supports there are from American Football Ireland in terms of doing this. Naturally, the kitted team, if you have home games, you have to get a, an ambulance or let's say you have to pay for officials. And as far as I understand it, that's all paid for you by the board if you have a youth team. Is, is that right? Yeah. So... To be fair, the league is very good to us that they cover the ambulances, they cover the refs. So realistically, from a club point of view, you have to cover travel, obviously. You don't have to pay for the field because look, we play, even though there was one game held by the, uh, one set of games held by the Knights this year, 
90% mm. of, of, of all the stuff is held in the in, in the National Sports Campus. The field up there as well is fantastic. So you've less chance of injury as well on that pitch because it's it's just such a good pitch to play on. Um, so, yeah, you, you know, you're not looking... Because the last thing you want to do with the young fellas is either ask them for a giant chunk of money for subs or to keep asking them for money every time you have to travel. Yeah. So, because you're going to find parents will go, mm, right, okay, well, look, no, you know, especially with the cost of living at the moment, it's it's not easy. So then what you don't want is people saying, look, you know, we're kind of bit stuck. You can't play. We we don't actually charge our youths anything, subs-wise. All we get them to do is contribute a small bit towards the bus trips. Yeah. That's the only, we supply helmets and pads. And the only thing, the only other thing we ask them to do is get the get the pants and the leg pads. Yeah. Uh, we're so the same. We try, we try and keep the yeah. barrier to entry as low as possible. Yeah. Yeah. We want them, want the them to make it easy for yeah. people to play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And get them in. And then, as I said, the enthusiasm from them is fantastic. So once you get them in, you there's no hassle, but you just don't want to have obstacles there for cost. Obviously, we're, we're kind of leading into then how the season went, uh, the 2022 season. So obviously, Alan, yourselves, you went 4-0 uh, in the regular season. Niall, you brought yourself, your, your Vipers to the, uh, to the playoffs. I'd say pretty successful seasons for both of you there. Just how, you know, what were your expectations going into it? Obviously, with different different expectations across the board for different teams, obviously. But, and I suppose the, the main draw for, for the youth football is to mainly just get lads playing and get lads interested. But, you know, what did you go in, into your seasons thinking, you know, this is achievable, maybe this is out of reach? What, what were your mindsets going into it? Let's start with you, Alan, first. We approach um, every year the same. The goal is to win a championship. We had an interesting one this year that we had very few returning players because, see, the lads, the COVID lads lost a year. Yes, they did. Yeah, so, they did. so that rollover and and that guys coming in for that, we lost out on on one we say recruiting segment. So we actually had we didn't have that many returning players this year. So it was from the start. We we see it as a challenge every year because it was look you start with at least half most of the time, but this year I think we were two thirds to three quarters of new players that had never played football. Yeah. So our our expectation, as I said, is to try and win a championship every year. But we just wanted to make sure we got lads one in a safe position to play football from the fundamentals and techniques, and two that we went out and they enjoyed playing the games, and that we were able to compete and to um, give ourselves a chance to win. But, you know, again, lads take to it and, and they go, yeah, look, right, okay, we figure this out, we figure this out, let's go play it. And it was amazing. The, the attitude, like, as I said, it, with the youths is fantastic. And, um, you know, it was, it was uh, obviously, it worked out very well this year for us. We had a, another good season. And, um, yeah, I suppose we, we start having a look at the next one. I want to see how we get on again. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're fierce, humble there, Alan. So you are considering <laughs> that. <laughs> I mean, you won the season and you, you won the previous seasons as well. So congrats. And then, Niall, um, you know, we let you answer Joe's question as well there. I will. We, as we always aim for the ball, as as anybody does. The Admirals are the team to beat at the moment. They're up there. But we just wanted to be competitive. Like, we wanted to go out and build on what we did last year. We had some internal milestones that we wanted to hit and we hit them this year and just 
get out there, get more experience, get more competitive, give it your best and have fun like Alan says and, and the boys definitely had it and they, they give their all when they're out there. You can't ask any more of them. You know, and whether they won or not, their attitude is just fantastic. They just pick themselves up and go go straight back out again. There's no holding them back there. Of course, they want to one, but they don't let that knock their confidence or anything like that. They'll, they'll, they'll play on nice and hard. So, like Alan says, we just go again next year. And any given Sunday, as they say, yeah, anything can exactly. happen. And they understand that themselves. Yeah. And the Admirals, I mean, you definitely definitely have a wee target now. Yeah, we have some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have it this season. Be. You'll, you'll definitely have it this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what's yeah, but look, I mean, I, I think to be fair, okay, yes, obviously we, we, we won this, but the standard year on year is improving every time. It, it, it you know, agreed. there's a lot, you know, there was no, if I'm just looking at the scores here, yeah, like there was no blowouts. 28 points, I think, was the biggest score in any game, which for nobody broke 30 this year, which is the first time in quite a while. So, yeah. Which is great. That means stuff is getting competitive and teams are getting more competitive mm-hmm. and it's harder to Yeah. So I expect this coming season to be even tighter again. And especially, you know, if we can get a few more teams involved, it would be fantastic because we you know, to. the more people involved, the more teams involved, the better the, the, the league. Yeah. The more games you play, the better the league gets. And again, that trickles in then to how better how much better the senior squads get in another year or two as well. Yeah, and and to be honest, the one thing in particular this year I think helped as well was the Hope Through Football camp. That's quite mm-hmm. a lot. I mean, there was a huge <clears throat> attendance from the U team players at that, and I think they all got a lot out of it. But they all got to see there's all the U coaches also attended that, so the U coaches got to improve their skills. I learned plenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The players got to improve their skills, and again, more integration between the coaches, more integration. I know all the youth coaches in the league. We all get on very well. And uh, it was great to see all, all the kids at it. And, you know, especially it, it, unfortunately, it was absolutely horrible weather. It rained the whole time we were there. But to see the enthusiasm again was fantastic. And, you know, obviously getting to meet Rod Woodson and the other coaches was was, was a huge, a big highlight there as well. But And, and the questions and answers session afterwards inside in the, in the conference was brilliant, you know, and they're chatting away at each other and photographs. It is. Uh, I think it was a. It was definitely a big thing to push on the, the youth, mm-hmm. and uh, all going well. That'll be that'll be happening again this year. So we'll be able to uh, get the, the next batch into it and try and improve all those lads as well. Really quickly, uh, what's the next step forward for youth? Is it a league-driven approach? Is it a club-driven approach? Like, what what do you think would be the next kind of milestone to break? I personally would like to see, and I suppose I'm speaking from both the, the Admiral side and from the board side here, I personally would like to see more teams have you teams. Even if you just put in a squad, get it together. If you don't win any games the first year, so be it. But you've started the process. You've got the guys in. You've had a bit of fun playing football. You've scored a bit. I'm not saying you're not going to win a game, but I'm just saying even if you didn't, you start the process. And then... The more teams there, the better the thing gets. And, um, you know, I do think from a league point, there's probably a few things we need to improve on this year as well. But, you know, I think more teams getting involved would be a huge step forward for AFI in general. Across I, all think 
would probably take it to the next level. And like you mentioned earlier on, an, an under 20s team or something, I think maybe, but maybe that's a couple of years down the line. Or maybe I thought maybe a wee event earlier on in the year to keep them interested. And, you know, like we were talking about the big eight month gap, maybe like a wee a sports camp, but they're sort of having that with the, the share the knowledge camps and stuff like that, which is pretty good. That's sort of in the middle of the yeah. year. But something like that, so, 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 so on a wee bit extra to keep them on between the eight months yeah. and maybe on to, to keep the interest. More. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll even add something here because, I mean, we work closely with uh, Dylan Coyle from the Vipers and yes. he does a lot of our graphics for us. He's just, I mean, so impressed with him. And when I found out he was only 15, <laughs> I was shocked. I, you know, I really was shocked. <laughs> but there was one point through the season, I can't remember what we were talking about. I think we'd wished him best of luck or something in one of his games. And he came back to us and he had video clips, you know, like a little highlight reel, I think, from his yes. game or something like that. And I just thought, this is a 15-year-old fella who is going and making his own highlight reels from the video footage, putting it together. And I just thought the level of professionalism in a 15-year-old, you know what I mean? The level of hunger. And I just thought, like, he's going to be a superstar, like, and... Yeah, I suppose maybe the final, final question and probably tearing the arse of it now, but, you know, which which players do you think we should all be looking out for? Well, like you said, Dylan's definitely a good prospect and he's been, he's bought on, like you say, full style. He comes out to the senior training and everything and helps out. He's, he's fully bought on. He's great, great young fella as well. Couldn't, couldn't fault him and he tries hard. And like Alan says, they're all absolute sponges and talk about professionalism. They go away and you say, hey, go and watch this video. They'll go and watch that video. Whereas maybe with the seniors, you say, hey, watch this video we were talking about in training. And then the next training, you go to the city, everybody watched it, but nobody bored their arse watching it. But the youths all that. Wow. And, and Adilin is a perfect example of that. Somebody, he's, he, he's mad involved. He's yarn all that tip up and he's applying to the NFL Academy in the UK and stuff like that. He's taking it fully serious. And I'm sure there's other boys all over the team. We have... We have plenty of potential. Young Charlie and Kane on the O line and D line they play, they have fantastically improved this year. We, uh, Aiden and I'm all of them have the potential to go 100. I wouldn't want to name like I could name them all. Needed stepping on the quarterback now that Jack has has advanced. He's fantastic. We have a couple of rookies this year that have just started. Josh and Evans and they they still have an hour a year two to to get up to the level. Honestly. The amount that they buy in and, and how you know and how much they love it and you can see them interested. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say not to watch it for any of them because they're all gonna be great players like. Yeah. But Dylan is definitely somebody that's gonna make sure it happens anyway, no matter what. <laughs> like honestly, I can't wait to tell everyone I knew him. You know, that I, kind of talk about the clubs. <laughs> that's one of the one of the best things I made sure this year that we would get the view for the youth team because it's great for them to see themselves and I have the, I think I have footage of everybody and I can share it out to all the teams I give it to the, the Knights and stuff if you just, Alan if you just wanted it I think we have a footage yeah, sure. of one hour games yeah. I can send you on a club and the, and the boys can grab their, their clubs out of it but it's it's a fantastic thing they have and I know when a couple other teams were asking about the view cam and whatnot but it's one of the best things we added and it's a very good teaching tool for them as well and like you yeah. say the highlights they love nothing more going back and clubbing their highlights and then showing oh, them they, yeah they love the highlights 
Uh, well, I love yep. the highlights myself, and I'm senior player, so I'm not going to fault them on that one. <laughs> I do as well. Like I'm, I'm flag, I'm a flag player, and I, I have my, and I have my wee folder on my iPhone football. <laughs> you know what I mean? All the, all the highlights in there. What about you? Oh, you, know, you know, future stars to look out for. Future players, I, 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 as Neil said, there, or Neil said, there, there's an awful lot of guys that that has had great seasons this year, and I think for us. Neil O'Leary there, our running back, he was our MVP or our overall MVP. He played linebacker and running back. He, he just, if we could get him in, if there is an under 19 team and you've got him involved, that's, he, he'd be a huge addition. Adam, one of our other uh, running backs, Jason, our lineman, Connor Hoskins from the South Dublin Panthers, played running back and yeah. played linebacker. Ridiculous player. Lovely, lovely young fella. Outstanding, really outstanding. Zach McDowell from the Knights, big talent. I think he's he's going to do some great things. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, as Niall said there, like Dylan Gavin, they're a running back for the Gavin, Vipers. Uh, yeah. Uh, for the Trojans, you had uh, their running back there, Charlie Maxwell, Leo at quarterback, did a couple of good DBs, did good D linemen. You know, there's such a group there. You could make one very, very good team, I think, if you threw them all together. Mm-hmm. But, no doubt. There was a lot of highlights this year, I think, players-wise, a lot of highlights. Mm-hmm. The level of competition definitely stepped up this year compared to last year, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Again, you know, you you have to appreciate the coaching staffs involved as well. I know, you know, my my guys there, Connor and Kieran and Jan, they put an awful lot of time into to tape and prep and all that with the lads. And I know Spencer was with the Knights, put an awful lot of time into it. Dave and Andy and, and Belfast, obviously Niall, Anto and the Panthers. All the youth, not that the youth coaches aren't putting in the same effort and time that they do with the senior stuff. And I suppose to a certain extent, there might even be, in, in, because you're obviously dealing with under 18s, you have that added thing that you have to obviously keep an eye out for child protection and all of that type of stuff as well. And I suppose one other thing that, that is a huge thing that we, you know, we, we are very, very conscious of is, you know, because they're, they're, they're younger lads, you have to keep a, a huge eye out for any sign of concussion or anything like that and mm-hmm. you know that is um player kit player kit fitment and safety is a huge thing and making sure that that everything is good fit wise before they they go hitting fellas and if obviously you know and it's one thing i've noticed that if any of the youth players that i've seen in any of the games had any signs of anything they were straight away they were taken to the sideline there was no yeah, letting them continue. Mm-hmm. The hard so, yeah, there, uh... there is, yeah, yeah. So, it, I mean, that itself is great to see that there's such an emphasis on player safety, which I think throughout the whole league is is something that you know has to be emphasised every game and every practice and everything as well. Fabulous. Any final anything else, or are you happy, or where where are you at? Uh, no, I'm 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 pretty happy with that. It's good to see uh, again the likes of yourselves, guys, who are really passionate not just about driving like football in general forward, but really focusing in on uh, developing the youth game. You know, I think it was something that kind of was left a little bit by the wayside for a little while, but it's good to see that it's picked up now. Again, we have five clubs involved uh, last year. Hopefully, over the next couple of years, we can pick that up and keep bringing it up to maybe ten clubs. By yep. even in a couple of years, I think I think it'd be great to see, you know, a, a league that big for the youth, uh, for the youth division to to really make it a competitive, competitive league, and obviously to get as many 
15 to 18 year olds playing this game as possible. I think that's the mm-hmm. the way forward for developing the sport. Like, you know, so fair play to you for, for giving it your all and, and putting on a really great season in 2022. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's it's rewarding. Like, it's rewarding to do it. I'd advise anybody that, that is on the fence and thinking about starting one up to, to start making tracks. Now you have plenty of time to get all the, the paperwork in order. You can't get it, you know, you can't get it on too early. So if you think, and once you get it done, even if you don't feel the team this year, the the framework's there for next year. Now maybe you don't get enough out or whatever. Try and keep them boys interested that were there the year before and whatnot. It's, it's been one of the best things that I've done personally. I couldn't recommend it to anybody else. If anybody's out there thinking about starting one up or listening to it from one of their clubs, go ahead and do it. It'll be well worth it. Yeah, well, actually, Niall, and I promise this will be, we will finish the episode <laughs> on this, right? We will finish it on this question, but you mentioned that it's very rewarding. And so I'm wondering if both of you have just a moment from the last season where you had that feeling of, yeah, this is why I do this with the youth team. And what was that moment? Was it a play or a conversation or what was it? So Niall, we'll, we'll start with you. You know, what was that moment that you thought, yeah, like, that's why I do this. That's why I find this so rewarding. Probably the run home after getting our first one and having them, hearing them all chatting in the cars and talking to one another and just the, the high that they had for like a solid week after and just seeing them celebrating out there after scoring it, you know, all their work and, and, and winning and it was just, what do they say, it was, it's reward and, and seeing them all, when a couple of boys came out and they were as quiet as a mouse and now they're some of the maddest hatters in the team, you know, up for about a carry on, they wouldn't say booty a ghost and now they're on and they, they're, they're such a strong friend group, you don't, you can't even describe how locked in they get when they're playing together, playing both sides of the ball, training against each other, building each other up, and then just to see it all come to fruition and get that that one satisfying one that was it was great for me, and I'm sure it was fantastic for them as well. But that was probably the best moment this season. Eh? Amazing. Same question, Alan. Yeah, I think uh, Niall has covered quite a few of what I was going to say there as well. I suppose, look, the biggest satisfaction is that you take lads that come in and maybe have watched it, not any real idea how to play, and that, you know, in a reasonably short period of time, you get them to a situation where they can not only go out and play games, but they can go out and compete and win games. We had a couple of guys there now this year that, that again, as, as Niall said, they were quiet. And there was one guy in particular there now, he was, he's with us, uh, he was with us for two years. And I remember the first time he came down, uh, I spoke to his mother afterwards and she said, I didn't know if he'd, he'd stick it because he's very quiet and whatever. And um, she contacted me after. She says he absolutely loved it. And he was captaining us then this year. Wow. He's got to a point where she said he's a completely different young fella. He's more confident how he goes about school and, and everything else. And, you know, that's as satisfying as winning any game that you've got young lads there that maybe hadn't a sport that they felt they, they were happy playing or that felt that they couldn't play. Or we've had lads that come in and they go, oh, I don't know, I'm a bit small or I'm a bit this, whatever. And they said, listen, and, and that's the, the fantastic thing about football is it doesn't matter what size you are, we'll, we'll find something that you are good at. And, you know, we'll, and I suppose one other thing, I had spoke to one particular player in practice and I said look if you do this and you see this and this is what happens and if you re- do what we, we put in we're showing you what to do then it will work out and 
he scored a touchdown and he came over and uh, he just said, yeah, I think that's what you would ask me to do, wasn't it? I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he says, yeah, I see, I see what you mean there now. So that's very satisfying to, to see lads and uh, as, as Noel said, you know, when they're going home and they're all slagging each other about, you know, this, that and the other and it's the, there's not one bad word mentioned, you know, about this, that it's, it's all positive mm-hmm. and good natured. It's, it's, it really is a very, very rewarding thing to be able to coach the youth. It's, it's a pleasure and an honour to coach them as well, you know, and hopefully uh, we get a chance to do it again this year. No doubt at all. Right, well, I think we'll we'll leave it on that. A lovely note to leave the episode on. Listen, Alan, Niall, thank you so much for joining us for the episode. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Thanks it's been that. lovely, lovely to cover it. Joe, do you want to, you can do the sign off if you like, if, if your voice is good for it. If my voice, I've, I've barely gotten through this episode. We got, we got there now, we got there. Yeah, again, thanks so much for coming on, lads. It, it really, um, we love to put a spotlight on different things, different things going on, on around Ireland uh, in the sport. And it's great to see lads as passionate as you are promoting this uh, youth football and going forward. I'm, I'm sure it's in safe hands. So I uh, appreciate you coming in and, and giving your piece about it. Um, with, with that... We'll leave you. That's been the latest episode of Domestic Game Podcast. Next time, bit of a preview. What do we have, Kelly? I think next time we either have our flag episode or if that has, hasn't has already been released, it has been recorded, but it might take a little bit longer to edit than this one. It'll either be that or it will be our review and preview of 2022 and 2023, respectively, otherwise known as the winners and losers episode. So we'll have that one coming after this. So, yeah, that to look forward to, hopefully. That's it. So be on the I'll be on the lookout, guys. And uh, with that, that's been us. That we've been your hosts, Joe Kinahan, Kelly Dwyer, and thanks for tuning in, guys. Peace. Bye.